Hit Radio 100. My name is Raiden Carter, and in the studio right now we have Dr. Michael Luhan Bavakwa, who's been with us uh, all of last month, September. He was kind of here uh, with Independent Guahan back and forth with Lawrence Azama. Today it's just Mr. Bavakwa, and it's <laughs> it's a great time. We're learning about a lot of things that maybe not even you know about. I mean, for instance, I didn't know many of these things, and I'm le- learning a lot, really am. <laughs> I really enjoy it, and I've got a couple of questions uh, from our app on Hit Radio 100. Before we get to that, I wanted to just share some more quotes real fast. Perfect, perfect. And so, and Sidzus Masi, Victoria Leon Grove, for collecting all of these. And so, these are quotes from a lot of people that have passed on every month for Independent Guahan. We honor what's called a Maga Tauto. Maga, of course, we hear Maga in like Magalahi and Magahaga means the highest. It's not the same as the Trump Maga or Maga. But Maga Tauto means an esteemed individual. And so over the past four years, we've honored many individuals and we take quotes from them. We we share their accomplishments, how they contributed to sort of making Guam a better place, pushing for a, a better future for the Chamorro people, for example. And so... I wanted to share one here. This is Catherine Ogan Berdalio, who's still alive. She has she is still alive, one of the first first Chamorro women to get a PhD and a longtime educator, uh, author of the book Let's Chat in Chamorro from back in the day. And so she says, like the Native American, the Chamorro does not need to argue the validity of our existence under a new social philosophy. The Chamorro shares with other indigenous peoples the legacy of having come under domination for no other reason than having been born on a valuable piece of real estate. We have first rights to land, water, and air. Sovereignty inheres in us by our very existence. Oh, nice, a nice reminder. And I also wanted to share this one by another educator, Clotilde Castro-Gould, master storyteller in Chamorro culture. She's the one who created the Juan Malamanga comic strip. And also wrote a bunch of Chamorro songs, too. Future generations need to have information in order to develop a well-balanced historical perspective. I like to be involved in activities and concentrate on education generally and education specifically for our Chamorro children. These are all the things that every Chamorro must deal with if our people are to survive. And so highlighting the importance of education. And especially in response to James and your questions from the previous one. And I appreciate him even asking those questions just, uh, you know, shows his own sort of commitment as a teacher, right? Because imagine if you were, you know, like imagine if you lived um, in a place like Florida, which sometimes gets hurricanes, but you didn't teach any of the children in school about hurricanes. Right. Wouldn't that be kind of weird? They wouldn't know what to do. And it's like, imagine if you lived in Canada and you didn't teach any of your any of the kids about snow, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so, but and so in Guam, our school system is kind of like that. We're a territory, you know. We are a property. We belong to the United States. We're not a full part of it, and we're not sovereign and independent on our own. We're in this in between space. And so the fact that you could go through 12 years of school on Guam and never really hear anything about our political status, it's like it's like living in Antarctica and not talking about penguins. Right. You know. It, it's, it's insanely weird to think about that, even myself. And much like uh, Lawrence Lazama even mentioned that at our age, um, about 24, 25, 
And we didn't know about it until very recently. And that's something that our education actually has affected indirectly uh, just to us. And we didn't learn about it till well, for me, just last month. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad the, the education of, of Raiden. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So let's, oh, let's hear some of those questions. All right. So I've got a couple here. And the first one that I want to read off, this was actually a fantastic question that uh, made me think about it. Uh, what, why doesn't the UN force the U.S. to let the col- colonies become independent? Ooh, that is a very good question. And so on that issue, I wanted to just kind of, the perception about what the United Nations is, is oftentimes skewed. So for example, you may have a, uh, you know, a crazy uncle, uh, maybe not crazy uncle, you may have an uncle who watches Fox News a lot, and they may hear about the United Nations as being this terrible thing, which is which is colonizing the world and taking away everybody's rights and stuff. Like, the United Nations is sort of this, it's not this oppressive global force. The United Nations is whatever the countries of the world allow it to be. So if the countries of the world want to work together and create a better place, the UN is a vehicle for them to work together. Because the UN doesn't have any real enforcement power except that which the countries of the world give it. So there's, for example, the Security Council, which sort of can intervene directly into countries, but it rarely does because usually you want to work things out in other ways. And if countries... So this is why, for example... um, when the U.S. Um, you know, when the U.S. wanted to invade Iraq, they went to the U.N. to try to get the countries of the world to come on their side, and the U.N. at that time largely said no, you know, because they didn't necessarily believe it. So the U.N. or the U.S. went on its own. So the U.N. is not this separate entity which has power over the United States. The U.N. is all of the countries in the world. It's a place where they can speak to each other, where they can work together. But it's also a place that can be stymied and inhibited and it can basically be paralyzed by, in particular, the larger countries in the world. So one reason, so if, for example, Guam was a colony of a really tiny country, <laughs> if we were a colony of, I don't know, like what's a, what's a really small country, Burundi, if we were a, a country of of something of of a really tiny country and we were pushing for our independence for our decolonization <laughs> then um then the rest of the countries in the world might be willing to get together to force and push they may not invade but they would put pressure but the problem is if your colonizer is the united states or if your colonizer is china or the united kingdom or france these are very powerful countries. Mm. They have a lot of influence. And so it's hard for the UN to do anything because it would mean that you would be going against one of the larger countries in the world that get to dictate a lot of what happens at the UN. And so the UN is not something that can force the US, but the UN is a place that we can use to get our message out there and to talk to other countries. Because if enough other countries do put pressure, that's when things start to change. And the last country to achieve decolonization through the United Nations was formerly East Timor. Now it's Timor-Leste. Um, and it happened because enough countries in the world began to put pressure 
on Indonesia and on the United States and others to the point where finally the people of that country were allowed to vote and were allowed to start a process of decolonization. So you don't use the UN to force the hand of the United States. You use the UN to lobby, to strategize, to get your message out there and to get allies and to find people who want to help you. And so, but I appreciate the question though, because we want to understand what the UN is and what it isn't. It's not like you go there and it's like Don Corleone or something and it says, whose knuckles do I need to break (laughs) now? Excuse me. Yeah, so uh, to put it into simpler terms, for me, <laughs> so I can understand too, it's like going to a plumber and saying, hey, can you fix my roof? It's not the same thing. You're not asking those people to fix your problem when they're not even made to do that problem. They're not yes. there to do that problem. Yes, the UN exists to guide countries in best behavior, right? So the UN can say... This is our goals for uh, eradicating hunger. Mm -hmm. So we all want to adopt these practices. We all want to do this. But every country can say no. Or they can just have a different plan. Or they can have a different plan. Okay, cool. And so that's the power of the UN is that it can speak for a large swath of the world. But at the same time, countries sometimes ignore it. They say, we want to do our own thing. Right. Ooh, we have a question. Oh, Ronnie just messaged me this from oh. the Instagram. Okay. From the Hit Radio 100 Instagram. Wow. So the question is, can you give a brief description and explanation of what decolonization and self-determination means? And how would you complain, explain a topic so complex to someone who has little clue about what it means? So very good question. Very good question. And so self-determination is a right and every pe- every people have the right to self-determination. That's the right to sort of determine and dictate what they want for their future. Many countries have already exercised this right. There are some peoples that are still fighting for their right to self-determination because perhaps they're an ethnic group inside of a country and they've never been recognized. There's colonized people like Chamorros and others who have yet to be given the chance to self-determine to decide what they want next and so self-determination is just that right that historically you were denied the chance to decide what you wanted for your future you may have been colonized in the case of guam so when legaspi put the flag in the ground and took guam for for spain what sandra torres continued later up until today the chamorro people and then eventually everyone else who calls guam we're never given the power to determine what happens next. It was always go with the flow, whatever Spain wants, whatever the U.S. wants, for a short period, whatever Japan wants. But self-determination is that idea that every people have that right and that you should not deprive people of that right because when you do that, it's colonialism. It's immoral. It's wrong. That's what the history is. That's the history that so much of the world has tried to get past is when sort of countries and communities sort of disenfranchised each other, enslaved, took power away. But the principle of self-determination is one of those where every group that has had their destiny taken from them deserves the chance to express formally and to be taken seriously into what they want next. Decolonization... So basically, if you're talking to somebody who doesn't know anything about this, just say that Guam was colonized 
The Spanish never asked the Chamorro people what they wanted. The U.S. never asked the Chamorro people what they wanted. And today, the U.S. hasn't doesn't ask any of us on Guam what we want. Self-determination for the Chamorro people is that they get the chance to express freely and openly and formally what they would want for the future. And that brings us to decolonization. Decolonization is decolonization is a lot of things we talked about it more philosophically before but in sort of the most basic sense it's the change in political status to something which is self-governing genuinely self-governing like for real self-governing not like student government in your high school self-governing but like real legitimate governing right and so there's three main options independence integration which is commonly called statehood or free association and these three options each provide a genuine political status the way we are now as a territory we're comfortable in some ways but when we talk about like um you know when we talk about opening up our tourist markets again palau our neighbor can talk directly to the japanese government about bringing tourists back in Guam doesn't actually have the ability to talk directly to the Japanese government about that because we're a territory of the United States. All right? And then even something as simple as opening and closing our borders. If the pandemic gets really bad or we fight we feel that people flying in are bringing sort of the pan, the coronavirus with them, Guam doesn't have the ability to close its borders because we're a territory of the United States. But we look at what other islands in the Pacific have done. They've closed their borders, and they've it's taken it's hurt them economically. But I was talking to somebody in Yap the other day, and there's no social distancing in Yap. Everyone still gets to hug each other. Everyone still gets to hang out. And we look at other these islands across the Pacific that don't have the coronavirus, and their lives are normal now. They had to shut down, but they used their sovereign ability to protect themselves even if it hurts them economically at least they had that ability so when we talk about decolonization right now guam is an unincorporated territory of the united states decolonization takes us to a place where we have a real political status a genuine political status the type that you can be proud of the type that you can sort of show off to other people cuz think about this who wants to go around and say oh i'm america's territory in a world of a hundred of more than 190 countries where even the smallest countries in the world get to sit next to the largest countries in the world at a place like the United Nations who wants to say you're a territory it's like it's like being it's like saying i'm america's booty call i'm america's sort of tacma as as sort of a bj cruz when he was senator as he told me <laughs> but it's nothing to be proud of decolonization can get us to a place where depending on what you want what depending what the people decide and in particular the chamorro people express do you want to be a part of the united states will be a full part of the united states do you want to be freely associated with the united states like our neighbors are will go in that direction do you want to be independent and able to work directly with all of the our neighbors in asia and the pacific but any of those three options that's a movement towards decolonization getting us to a real status where sort of the some of these remnants of colonialism the the lack of basic sovereignty and human dignity 
where we can finally get rid of it. No, Sidus Masi for that question. And thanks, Ronnie, for watching the Instagram and sending it my way. <laughs> right. That was a fantastic thing. I think that is a fantastic way to end this off, at least today's episode, because that is something I think always circles back here uh, in the past couple of episodes we've had here with Independent Guahan. It's always something that when I hear it, the first time I heard it, I didn't quite understand it. And then as I kept hearing it, as I kept questioning it, it made more sense one and then there was that click that made me go yeah that's wow that's weird <laughs> that that shouldn't be a thing why are we like this and i i really appreciate this part of well the show i get to click in my head and it's like oh cool so thank you no thank Mr. you Hogamas. thank you i appreciate yeah, it and yeah. i appreciate us sort of yeah and i always appreciate your take on it too as somebody who's just joining the conversation who's right. just kind of jumping into it yeah, I always appreciate that. And so I want, oh, let me just say to all of you listening and to all of you who called in, Sidzus Masi. And so remember, if you, if you submit, if you, you still have time, submit a question on the app and you can still get a, you can still get a t-shirt. I appreciate all of those. A few more people submitted questions to me on social media and on WhatsApp. And so I'm sorry we didn't get to them, but I think we're going to do more collaborations like this in the future. I think that, um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, those are nice ways to reach people, but it's still good, you know, to utilize all platforms to try to get the message out. And Sidus Masi to hit Radio 100 for, for helping us with the collaboration. Thank you. And, and thank you for coming in. We've reached the end of the hour. And uh, don't you worry if you missed out and if we missed any questions, we will be answering them all uh, coming up. We've got the, all of the episodes coming up. Every Saturday, 4 o'clock till 5, here on Hit Radio 100. You can tune in again next Saturday. That will be the next episode and will be right here. Until then, this has been the Decolonization Conversation with Independent Guahan here on Hit Radio 100. Viva!